Hello and welcome to the Meta Spiritual Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Madison. In this podcast, I weave spirituality with the latest metaverse, NFT, and Web3 cultural trends. I'll be speaking with writers, artists, musicians, creators, founders, visionaries, and leaders who are building a conscious Web3. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Tori Madison, and I am live at NFT London with Rich Simmons. Hi, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Lovely, lovely, lovely to meet you, Rich. Um, So Rich is an artist, a London-based artist, and we were having some conversations here, and I was just like so blown away by the work that you're doing, and I just really wanted to have you come on the Meta Spiritual Podcast to talk about your art, to talk about your vision with where you want to go with not only your artwork, but also just your ideas um, in respect to the mental health area, um, and so important. And so, so Rich, um, why don't we start with art? Um, what is your relationship to art? Art is um, the thing that saved my life. I guess that's a a really good place to start and kick this off because we're talking about mental health side of things. Um, I've always been an art nerd. I've always been that kid that could communicate um, visually better than I could verbally. So when I did start to struggle when I was younger with depression, with things like that, I'm I'm on the autism spectrum, um, channeling it visually through art came naturally to me. And a lot of people, it doesn't come naturally. So when I learned that I was doing my version of art therapy, and I researched it, and I learned a lot of people didn't channel their energy uh, in a creative way, in a healthy way through art, I realized I wanted to do something positive. So I set up a project on my 22nd birthday called Art is the Cure. And it was my story about how art had helped me, about how I was inspired by creativity and how I overcame certain things. And I've gone on to give talks in schools and run workshops and try and get this message out to as many people as I can and inspire them that they can take this kind of negative energy, this pain, whatever it is they're going through, and they can channel it creatively, whether that's painting, writing, music, skateboarding. It's anything creative can be a healthy release. And on the back of that, I've gone on and I've channeled my art and become a professional artist. And I've got to travel the world exhibiting as a street artist, a pop artist, and now an NFT artist. And um, this journey with art is kind of a parallel track for me. It's, yes, I can paint for a living and I get to travel the world and I get to do that. But it's also how many people can I inspire along the way on that journey through my art, through my message, through my story. And I feel it's a responsibility that I have to try and inspire the most people, whether it's through my art, through my story, through my message. And uh, that's my relationship with art, is I want to inspire other people to find their art as the cure. Yes, so so you mentioned channeling. What about channeling? That just that word in particular is really interesting because, you know, you can, we can channel many things, you know, it's kind of like, for me, at least when I hear the word to channel something, it's just, it's kind of like this outer body experience. And, and sometimes, you know, I can be writing something and, and things will come through that, you know, I can't even believe I wrote that or, or I'll be speaking and I'll just, you know, 
something will just come through me. And so that's kind of my perspective, but I'd love to hear what your version. Well, especially with the, the mental health angle, I think a lot of people do feel uh, kind of out-of-body experiences. They do feel helpless to it. It's, it's like this invisible thing has trapped them. And I, I use this idea of an invisible straitjacket. That's how depression felt for me, is I felt trapped by this invisible thing that other people couldn't see but I could feel. And I had to find a way to pick the locks and set myself free from that. And I realized that art was the thing that could release me from that straitjacket. And a paintbrush and a spray can and a drum kit and a skateboard, they weren't those objects anymore, they were keys that would unlock this invisible feeling. And I was able to take all of that negative energy and channel it in a healthy way. A lot of people will take that pain and not know what to do with it and it overwhelms them. And that's when they turn to something negative. That's when it's, it's drugs, it's alcohol, it's self-harm, unfortunately suicide. Um, that same energy can be channeled in a healthy way. Instead of having scars on your arm, you could have a poem, you could have a song, you could have a painting, you could have a drawing, you could learn a new skateboard trick. Um, and it's a, it's a, healthy, a healthier way to release that energy by channeling it in a positive way. And I think it's a really simple um, transition of energy. Mm. It's don't choose the negative, choose a positive. But a lot of people don't realize that there's a, a connectivity between creativity and pain. And I, I want to be a person that inspires them to connect the idea of, oh, you're struggling, but don't you feel better when you draw? Don't you feel better when you write or go skateboarding? And then they'll say, well, actually, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I never picked up on the fact that, yeah, I do feel better. Well, that's your version of art therapy. That's your mm -hmm. personal journey of healing. And it's educating and inspiring people to connect those two things for them to find their own journey with that, for them to say, well, now I found my journey, I found my, uh, my key, my release, the thing that I can channel it through in a healthy way, and it was free. I didn't have to go to therapy for that, I didn't have to go to a course, I didn't have to pay for a, a program or something. They can then take that same piece of inspiration, that same spark of creativity, and go to their friends, and go to their family, and go to their loved ones, and tell their friends at school, hey, I know you're struggling at the moment, Let's jam later. Let's get our instruments and jam. Let's go for a skate. Let's do something positive and creative. And I think the more people that share that story and share that positivity, more people will save lives. And when someone can say, thank you, you've saved my life, that's the greatest compliment I think you can give someone. I want to give people the tools through art to inspire them to, to go and have that same feeling. Yes, and you mentioned the connection between creativity and depression and pain. And uh, we're creative beings. Um, we, we are meant to creatively express ourselves. Um, and art is, is a very powerful way to do that. And I, I do believe that there are probably many people in the world that would never really consider themselves creative or an artist. And, you know, um, for me personally, I have been living in, in Tulum in Mexico for a while. And I feel like that's really where I first started tapping into my creative potential. And, um, and it's really beautiful and it's really powering. Um, so for me, I, I grew up playing sports. And so that was, that was kind of like my outlet. But there's still a lot of discipline and structure and teamwork 
um, and and practice, practice, practice. And so, um, yeah, it just became muscle memory. But the, the creative piece uh, was really powerful, and it helped me a lot in my own my own journey of depression. Uh, after losing my younger sibling to drug overdose, um, it really was art therapy that was the first step for me that that literally saved me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the stories. Um, so um, my my childhood family home, we um, grew up in in the suburban suburbia of Atlanta, Georgia, and there was. Um, a neighbor that lived behind our home in the woods. My brother and I, we would always go play in the woods together, and that was just kind of like our uh, where we would kind of escape and have fun, and and we would play with um, with the neighbor, uh, Justin Purvis, and his mom was an artist. And after my brother died, I remember she connected with me, and she was just like, "Hey, you know, if you ever want a drawing or a painting of your brother, I'll do the uh, commissioned piece for you." Um, and then, so I, I, I called her, I remember, or actually I was just walking through the woods, just remembering my brother, looking up into the, the sky and watching the wind blow in the trees and just totally just sad, just really sad. And, and she came outside and she saw me <laughs> and she invited me into her home and she was so welcoming. And then from there, she was just like, why don't you, why don't you come over? We can do some art. And so every Saturday, I'd go to her house, and I would paint. And she taught me about pastels. And, and I really found myself through that art. I started believing in myself again. I started creating. And um, when I'm, well, I wasn't creating, that's I noticed when the sadness would come in. So that was a huge part of my healing journey. And then from there, I wanted to create art therapy programs. I heard about art therapy, and I've, although I've never even gone to an art therapy class or anything like that, I just had this mission. I want to be doing art therapy because it saved my life, and, and I want to invite other people into this form of self-expression. Wow. That was powerful. And uh, you touched on a lot of things there. When, when you are being creative and when you are channeling it in a healthy way, you're releasing these positive chemicals in your brain. You're getting those dopamine fixes for being creative. You're creating things that you can be proud of, that you can be excited by, and that's a healing process. It's trapping those demons that would otherwise eat you alive inside on a canvas or through a guitar or in a poem. And it's getting that out of your system so you don't have that darkness inside you to give you the freedom to heal. By trapping it in creativity, you can heal. You free yourself up to do that, and that's the power of of art and creativity, it has this massive healing property. But a lot of people look at art and think, well, I don't know how to draw a bowl of fruit, and that's all they teach in school. And uh, <laughs> I think art needs to be taught differently, where schools and people can talk about the mental health aspect, can talk about creativity, can talk about thinking outside the box. And I think creativity as a subject could be the most important subject taught to people because it would teach people how to problem solve, how to think outside the box, not just for their art, not just for their creativity, but how can you solve this maths problem slightly better by thinking of it creatively? How can you tell a better story? How can you problem solve an emotional situation in your life? And a lot of people will go through something and it feels like a truck has hit them. Like they've walked into a wall and they're, they're disillusioned and they're confused and they don't know how to process it. And that's when the negative things start to appeal to them. 
But if you can problem solve it and dodge that wall or overcome that hurdle in a creative way, then it frees you to, to problem solve that, that situation in your life in a much healthier, uh, constructive way that is less damaging. And that's what I want um, one of my legacies to be, is how can I teach people from a younger age how to problem solve, how to think creatively, how to think outside the box, not just for art, but for everything. Everything in life, you can, um, you can, you can channel things better by having this ability to problem solve, by pausing for a moment, think creatively, think outside the box, rather than, I don't know how to solve this problem, I'll go and talk to someone else, or I'll go and, uh, I, I'm stuck, I'll just ignore that problem. And I think a lot of people ignore those problems, and once those start to pile up, that becomes overwhelming. And that pile of boxes of, I'll solve it later, I'll solve it later, I'll solve it later, <laughs> yes. that comes crashing down. Then you're stuck under a pile of boxes in this weird metaphorical adventure I've just created. Um, but if you can sort those boxes out one by one and deal with the problem, deal with it in a healthy way, and art is a fantastic way to get that out of your system and recycle that energy in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a shirt right now that says art is the cure. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, Art as the Cure is what I started on my 22nd birthday. It was um, me learning about mental health and art therapy and realizing a lot of people needed a different way to do art therapy because a lot of people that struggle have anxiety and they don't want to talk to someone about it. It's a, a very personal journey for a lot of people. And my journey was very personal, so I called it Art as the Cure because art is the thing that was my cure. It saved my life. And I wanted to inspire other people to find their cure through art, through creativity. And uh, it's been going for 15 years now. It's gone around the world. And it's... Yeah, tell me about the around the world aspect. Of it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's... Um, art has opened up doors for, for me to travel all over the world and meet incredible people. And I've, I've got to go to Asia and America and all sorts of places and be able to share my story and share my journey and share my art and be able to go to schools, run workshops. And um, it's, I never thought that I would get this opportunity in life because I didn't go to university. I didn't get a good grade. I failed art in school because I was struggling at the time and I just, I didn't put my energy into it. And it took leaving the school system, going to therapy, learning about my mental health, being able to get a handle on it, realizing how my brain is wired differently, being on the autism spectrum, realizing how I learn differently, and then thinking, how can I take my particular skill set, my particular brain wiring, and do something positive with it? I had to think outside the box, because my brain is outside the box, if you get me. Um, I didn't have that traditional route into work, education, university. I had to find my own path. And by going through negative things and discovering art therapy, that set me on a path. And I had the skill set and the tools to be able to handle it through art, and a lot of people don't. I'm glad that I went through the things that I did because it taught me about pain and it taught me about how art can be healing. And I was able to handle that um, to be able to go on and inspire other people that may not have that mental strength when they don't know what art therapy is, when they don't have those tools and they don't have that inspiration, that's when a lot of people struggle. How can I go around the world and plant seeds plant seeds of inspiration in young people that even if they're not going through something now, when they are in the future, they can think, well, I'm, I'm, I don't feel the best today. 
Uh, I'm a bit sad, so I'm going to go and, and write something. I'm going to go and draw. I'm going to go and play guitar or drums or skateboard or video games or cook something or whatever their creative release is. As I said earlier, I want them to, to that to be a natural release for them because it's not for a lot of people, but it can be. And all it takes is a bit of education and a bit of inspiration and plant those seeds all over the world and inspire other people to be part of that community and take on that responsibility, take the baton and plant their own seeds in their own communities and go into schools and promote art therapy in different ways. And you'll, you'll have a movement. And art can be a thing that forms this creative revolution that we're going through right now and be a healing process for so many people. Art isn't just what you see in galleries. Art is something that saves lives. Wow, that was super powerful. It's not something that you just see in galleries. It's something that saves lives. Yeah, and there's a, I'm, I'm sure there's a it. story to tell in, in every painting and every drawing. And so tell me about the, the students from the schools that you have gone in to lead your workshops at. Yeah, I mean, I've had experiences across the board from me telling my story about how art helped me and then some of the older students saying, well, we're in a position where we can help younger students. Let's open up the art classroom at lunch times and let's mentor them. Let's give them a space, a safe space to come to and be creative and talk if they need to talk. And it's creating young leaders in that sense, that people that want to do good and want to help the next generation, they want to support. And those kind of skills um, are fantastic for moving forward in life because people can see, oh, they've, they've set up a, an art therapy club in their school. They've helped people. That's someone we want on our team. And it's me planting that seed that makes them go, well, we can help people as well in our own ways. Going into schools where um, kids self-harm and suicide is an issue and being able to share that story and telling them that I'm not from like a formally educated art background. I didn't go to uh, art school. I figured all of this out on myself. I don't come from money. I don't come from a good home, all these kinds of things. I was a very broken person and I found a way to get to a position where I can travel around the world and talk to them. And if I can do that, anyone can do that. It's just hard work, being stubborn, having a positive mindset and having a goal to go out every day and be better than I was the next day and raise that bar a little bit. How can I inspire two people tomorrow, three people the next day, four people after that? And uh, as I said, planting those seeds of inspiration. And it's, I've had stories from all over the world of people saying, this has saved my life. Learning about this has allowed me to help my friend who was struggling. They told me that I saved their life and it's because of this message. It's incredibly powerful and I've, I've got to travel the world and meet some amazing people because art saved my life and now I can give them that gift. Mm -hmm. So earlier when, when we were talking outside of this podcast, you mentioned that we are in a new Renaissance era for art. Can you touch on that? Yeah, I mean, I... With Web3 and NFTs and everything, but... There's so much going on in the art world right now. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. I'm, I'm a massive fan of Leonardo da Vinci. He's my hero. I have him tattooed on me. So I come from that school of uh, how do we combine art with education, with science, with maths, with engineering. And now with NFTs, now with this new technology and blockchain, 
we're collaborating so much more. We're using technology in new ways. We're creating new income streams, new ways to create. Augmented reality, animation, artificial intelligence, um, blockchain, all of these different things are allowing artists to think outside the box. I, um, for a long time, being a gallery artist, it's putting something on a canvas and putting it on a white wall and it can get monotonous and it can get boring and tedious and less inspiring to go out and keep doing that same thing over and over and over. I want to be able to animate things. I grew up wanting to work for Pixar, so I wanted to make animations and films and be a wow. storyteller. Mm -hmm. And now I get to do that. And it's because Web3 and blockchain and NFTs have leveled the playing field. It's opened Pandora's box of creativity for people like me. Where if I want to be an animator, I don't have to rely on a gallery space to exhibit it. I can exhibit in Metaverse. I can exhibit in OpenSea on my own websites, on the side of buildings if I really want to. There's no limit to my creativity now, whereas before it was what can I fit on a canvas in a gallery wall in a particular country where a certain color is going to sell better than another. There's a lot of rules to be a professional artist. You have to learn about... I always use this metaphor for young artists is if you sell thousands of the same T-shirt, like if everyone in London buys blue T-shirts and you go to New York and you try selling blue t-shirts, but everyone there likes wearing black t-shirts. Well, you need to adapt that and print the same artwork on a black t-shirt to fit to the New York market, or you'll fail. You have to learn about different markets. You have to learn about these things. There's so many rules and regulations and, and limitations for whichever market it is, the subject matter. I can't go and put gay superheroes, which I've painted. I did Superman kissing Batman as a, a statement about gay equality. I can't take that piece to certain parts of the world without fear of being arrested because it's illegal there. I'm trying to change that opinion on that and I can use my platform as an artist to open people's minds to new ideas. But now with Web3, I can do that not just as a canvas, but with augmented reality, with animation, with NFTs, with instead of using a set of stencils to maybe paint five canvases in a different color, I can use those same layers in Photoshop that would be made into a stencil to now make 3,000 versions of a piece of artwork. And then I can connect to thousands of collectors and people that are interested in my work. It's, um, being an artist is a quite a lonely ex existence. You're in a studio cutting stencils on your own. The only time you might see people, collectors and friends that year, is at the gallery show. And then for as an, as an artist, it's the end of the journey for me. It's I've taught this piece of artwork how to be a, what the story is, how to be a stencil, how to be painted, what kind of canvas it's on. I've kind of raised a baby in that sense and I'm sending it off to college for someone else. That, that art is now gonna have its own life in someone else's home and they'll attach their emotions to it and it'll take on a life of its own. For me, a gallery show is a goodbye. And then I go back to my lonely studio and I have to think of new ideas and birth new, ide new paintings and things. With Web3, that market is completely flipped on its head. Now I can see who's collecting my artwork because they're making it their PFPs. They're in my Discord, they're on my channel, they're listening to the podcasts. I get to know them. It's a liberating experience now as an artist to be able to know who's buying the work, who's supporting me, who's got my back, and not having a gallery saying, well, no, we don't want you to know who bought that, that's our intellectual property. Interesting. I had no idea that galleries don't provide that information to the artist. I'm... Well, if, if the gallery did that, the collector would go straight to me. 
then I would have no need for a gallery. The gallery has a black book and they have walls. I have paintings and things to sell. That's the relationship. Now, the gallery model is on its way out, potentially. Because if you go to a gallery show and it's just paintings on a wall, but you've just been to the cause exhibition where there's augmented reality and you can see his character sitting on top of a museum and animated people walking around the museum that you can see through augmented reality, that's exciting. If you're not raising the bar to be up that level and excite people with creativity in new ways, you're gonna get left behind. It's evolve or die. And that's incredibly exciting as an artist, is that there's a challenge now. Mm. Attention spans are shorter. Collectors now know me better. I have to have a responsibility to not do negative things. I have to be doxxed, which is a, the whole NFT being doxxed thing, is people know who I am, they know my story. People invest in the artist more than the artwork sometimes. Collectors don't ring up a gallery and say, have you got a Banksy? Which one is it? They say, I need a Banksy in my collection because they want a Banksy, because they're invested in the artist. They don't care about which piece necessarily it is. Um, but if an artist turns around and you found out that they've done something negative, they've, they've run someone over or they've got into a fight or they've done something, you're like, I don't want that energy in my home, you find out about it. And that's going to affect your value as an artist. That's going to affect what people feel about you in their home. You buy a piece of artwork because you want good energy. If someone buys my artwork, they can say, I collect this artist because he's a good person. He goes to schools. He teaches about art therapy. He's a mental health advocate. All of these things, that's the energy you want in your home because you look at that painting and go, I want to be a better version of myself today because that painting from that artist that is a better person because of the artwork makes me want to be better. That's why you invest in artwork from a good artist because it's a whole package. There's a responsibility as an artist to put that energy out there. And I'm trying to do that with my Art as the Cure um, projects, with doing podcasts like this, being mm -hmm. able to communicate, being able to inspire. And um, that's incredibly exciting now. We're in a creative renaissance and I feel like Leonardo da Vinci would absolutely love this kind of era and I want to channel that. I have him tattooed on me, so I'm channeling a little bit of da Vinci energy through what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's so wonderful, I love hearing that. Yes, and I, I can see how owning a piece of artwork, it truly is you know, what was channeled through, through the person as they're, they're creating in that creative space. And I can see how that can either be very uplifting to have in your home and bring very positive things, but you know, maybe some negative things, just depending. I just never really had thought of it that way before. So thank you for sharing that. I'd like to touch on your NFT collections. So can, how many do you have? So this year I have launched three collections. They're all variations of a painting I do called Reflections. And I have done this painting multiple times and it started in 2014 when I did Superman and Batman for the first time. And I tried being a storyteller and channeling that comic book energy of you see it for the first time and what is someone's reaction and then where does it go into the media? So there's a, there's a storybook element there. There's different scenes in the comic book. So I did someone wearing the glasses and seeing it in their reflection. So you're now seeing it through this person reacting to them seeing it in person. And it's gone through multiple iterations from the Superman and Batman piece. And I wanted to do something that celebrated my love of art and Da Vinci and art history. So I did my, a brand new girl with the Mona Lisa. 
uh, in around 2015, and it's been done in multiple color versions and canvases and silkscreen prints, and I've done it as a giant four-story building in Arkansas. And it made sense that this was the first piece that I would do as an NFT because it allowed me to celebrate art because so many pieces in NFT aren't rooted in art. They're not, for me, good pieces of artwork. They're mm. just done by people that maybe don't know about composition. They don't know about Fibonacci. They don't know about the golden ratio and color and perspective and all these things. It's just creating a digital asset. How can I take something simple to do, put it out there, and it's almost like stocks and trading. NFTs is very much people from the financial industry, people that understand trading. They can take a digital asset, as simple as it is, whatever it might be, and they can turn that into something that they can make money on. And I come from the physical art world where I put so much energy into creating a composition and a story and something with depth that I wanted to come into the NFT space and celebrate art, celebrate artists that inspired me, Michelangelo, Da Vinci, Warhol, Basquiat, Keith Haring, Banksy, all these kinds of artists that have laid the foundations for me to be a professional artist. I wanted to celebrate them. And uh, so in February, we launched 3,333 reflections, all different colors, different paintings in the lenses. And it was incredible to hear people say, well, I got the Andy Warhol one. I didn't know much about him. So we drove an hour to the Warhol Museum and the whole family loved it. And now my daughters want to take art in school and I got them the book for Christmas. And now we're all Aww. Warhol fans. It's those kind of stories mm. that I wanted this to create. I wanted to spark interest in other artists and be a catalyst for art education in the NFT space. It's gone on and I've done a, uh, an NFT animated collection, uh, which is a collaboration with Head Crash Hotel, where they took this idea of my artwork and it was inspired by the Chelsea Hotel in New York, where you had all these fantastic artists staying under one roof. And what would it look like if I stayed in a virtual reality hotel room and took over the space and it was my artwork and, and everything. We created an animation loop and that's where I got to live my Pixar dream through that. And then we just released a, a free collection for my holders called Reflections Noir, which was a monochromatic version of the original collection. Because every time I do a gallery show, I make lots of pieces and they're all very colorful for the galleries. But I pick my favorite painting from that show and I take the stencils and I do a monochromatic version for myself. So my apartment in London has got six or seven canvases that are all monochromatic. That's me having my version that no one else in the world has. Mm. And I wanted to do the same thing for the NFT, but give it to other people to experience that. So it was a celebration of this year being the year of reflections. But next year, there's a, a lot coming. We're, we're raising wow. the bar and there's a lot of new collections, a lot of new artwork. Um, so it's, it's an exciting time to be an artist. That's so great. Oh, that's so exciting. Amazing, amazing. I so appreciate your time this afternoon. It's just been incredible getting to know you more and hearing your journey and, and how you are using art to save lives with art as the cure. So how can people um, find you? They can find me on social media, um, my website, anything with Rich Simmons Art. You can find me on that on Twitter. If you're into NFTs, it's Rich Simmons NFT on Twitter. Uh, with Art as the Cure, we have a website called artasthecure.org, which uh, it's all about the art therapy side of things, how we're trying to help people. There's an online downloadable coloring book for people to be able to do at home. We've got interview series. It's going to be turned into a podcast very soon. Uh, so that's very exciting for next year. So you can find artasthecure.org. 
On Instagram, it's artisthecure.org, and on Twitter, it's at artisthecure. So go and check it out, spread the word, inspire some people, and uh, enjoy the artwork. Thank you so much, Rich. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to the Meta Spiritual Podcast. I'm Tori Madison, your host. I'm a researcher, writer, and publicist in the Web3 space. I work with conscious Web2 brands to help them transition into Web3. I help with community building, PR, marketing, business development, visibility, and exposure. So I'd love the opportunity to work with you if you're building a conscious project in the Web3 space. You can find me over at LinkedIn at Tori Madison, T-O-R-I-M-A-D-I-S-O-N. Thanks, guys.